Warning, we are a spoilers podcast. At times, we are also an offensive podcast. And we are most certainly a verbally explicit podcast. So if you fear for any of your delicate sensibilities, please back up now before you reach the point of no return. All right, pussies, this is your final warning. Welcome to yet another episode of Cinematic Anarchy. I'm Chris. Uh, with me to my left, we have Miss B. Hello. And Mr. Omar. Hello, hello, hi. And uh, today we're going to be bringing you a little bit of commentary on a wonderful film we just watched, Animal Factory, uh, starring uh, Willem Dafoe, Edward Furlong, Danny Trejo, and uh, Mickey Rourke as the, uh, well, Jan the Actress. <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, a rather creepy-looking Tom Arnold. Yes, that right? is true. Halfway through that movie, I saw Tom Arnold, and I was just like, oh, dude, like the semi-mutton chops going on there. Something's wrong. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, so this is to end our prison movie month. Yes. Uh, next month, we're going to be approaching, we have five shots of this, five movies to pick out. Uh, we're going to be approaching big budget flops, so fantastic movies that got a bad rap in the theaters. What kind of water world are we talking about? Well, water world's a good one. I mean, that one, uh, first thought in my mind was Scott Pilgrim, I was uh, mentioning. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's plenty, plenty of movies Wait, to pick from. I know it's bad to me, it was legendary, horrible, but did it flop? Yeah. It flopped, huh? Oh, yeah, it flopped. It, it flopped was, bad. It was a bad movie. They could have done it differently with that story. Well, I don't know how bad it was, but... Especially with, oh, I've seen it. <laughs> you're not missing anything. You're not missing anything. I'm not missing anything. No. No. Okay. Except for my opportunity to watch something bad, and I like bad movies. You know me. No, but this one is this. I made not... you guys sit through Tromeo and Juliet. No, I'm no, up for uh, some bad shit. Uh, uh, well, I, I sit for twenty lows before I see that again. It was bad. It was that bad. Oh my god. Fair enough. Well, we can we can always that see that's good for what we do though because we we like to tear shit apart, tear it down. Oh, we should probably yeah, definitely. So, so my my thought I'm actually thinking about changing the little tagline that's underneath our podcast because right now it's like for the for the love of all movies uh, or all cinema, the good, the bad, and the fugly. We never actually got into that whole the good the or the good the brew and the fugly or whatever that we're uh-huh. going to do. So I'm thinking something a little bit more along the lines of uh, uh, four lovers of film who should keep their opinions to themselves, but definitely won't. <laughs> that yes. works. That definitely works. Uh, I like it. That's what I'm, I'm after we're done this, I'm going to update that. But uh, we are finally being uh, broadcast on Overcast Radio. Shout out to Overcast. Fuck yeah. Uh, so that's... That's a boon for us. Yeah, and uh, let's just dive right in. We'll uh, we'll start with you guys. Uh, what's your your thoughts on 
on Animal Factory is. From the beginning, I was attracted to it, like because I knew it was a jail movie. I have seen trailers before. I didn't watch it before until this week, and I watched it twice. I liked it that much. It was it was a very good movie. I liked it. Um, Edward Furlong, eh, so so. But then Willem Dafoe, uh, all the other actors. Uh, there was a guy that I've seen in other movies, and I believe I've, I I want to say I've seen him in Sons of Anarchy. Kind of chubby guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're going to find that one? Yes, okay. please. Cause but okay, what was your thoughts on him? Uh, he did, Everybody did great. And it was a movie about jail and how life in jails and showing the day-to-day life in jail. It was a very good movie. It was more about... Um, I have to say it wasn't... Uh, it was the daily life, normal, what goes on. It kept it very real. People plotting to to basically rape somebody, things of that nature. Somebody kind of moving and fixing things behind the scenes, where everybody knows he's like the power broker in jail, but he's also works for the for the you know at the warden's office and all that. Right at the guard's office. I'm sorry, and it, I like the movie and everything because it was it was very real. I've known a lot of people that that been to jail. That recommended the movie before, and uh, I was always attracted to. It. I, for some reason, never never got around watching it. I kind of appreciated the, uh, you know, as you were saying, the realness of the movie. It wasn't like over the top like some of the movies we've seen this month. Yeah, they weren't trying uh, to embellish or create a whole bunch of hoopla for entertainment. Uh, like that last movie, uh, Brawl in Cell Block Ninety Nine, was definitely like over the top. Over yeah, the top. that was that uh, was, and it was yeah. fantastic as that yeah. film was. I don't feel it was very realistic. Uh, or, no, 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 no. In regards to uh, prison life, um, yeah, no, things were blown out of proportion definitely in that movie. You're looking for information for us still, or do you want to yeah. chime on in? Yeah, I'm still looking, but <laughs> fuck it, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it. It was it was good. Um, Willem Dafoe fucking, like, handled his shit perfectly. Yeah, as always. As always. As always. As always, Willem Dafoe handles his shit fucking perfectly. Um, well, Willem Dafoe is the fucking man. I yeah. Mean, I, I've loved him since, uh, oh god, let's see, Boondock Saints was a fantastic film of his. Uh, I even kind of liked him in the Spider-Man Green movies. Goblin. You know, Green Goblin, yeah. Uh... Fucking, um, yeah, just fantastic actor through and through. So just the fact that he was in that movie, I knew at least I was going to like it for him. Yeah. No, um, the whole like scene where he realize, or finds out that he's going to be sent to Max because that guy got stabbed. Right, and when he went, uh, went a little crazy there. He did it completely intentionally just so that he didn't get sent to Max because they don't have psychiatrists in that mm-hmm. facility. Oh, and he found the name. The, the, the heavy set actor that he was yeah. uh, referring to is uh, Mark Boone Jr. He played Paul. Yep, Paul Adams. In the movie. Um, and he was on Sons of Anarchy, so yeah, that's the guy. Um, okay. He did, he did pretty good. The little, you know, didn't do as much as I probably would have wanted to because I loved him on Sons of Anarchy. But he did pretty good. Uh, most of the actors, just Steve Buscemi also directed this film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Steve Buscemi directed, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Willem Dafoe actually had a producer's credit in the movie as well. Yeah. 
so, I mean, the actors had their hand in actually creating the movie as well as starring in the movie. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi's part was nominal at best, so... And also, and also, it showed a lot of the manipulation that goes on with the authorities in jail. Because you have corruption, but you also have a lot of manipulation to get people to turn, you know, to turn on, their, on, the, on the other inmates. Yeah. Right. Or the other convicts. So, a lot of that, the way it was depicted, from what I've heard and from what I've been told, is pretty much how it happens. So, I want to approach that scene that uh, Miss B here was talking about a moment ago. The scene where he was in... I don't want to call it solitary. Was it? Was that a solitary confinement situation? He was in segregation. Yeah. And uh, he he cut his own arm, blood all over the place. Used the oatmeal that they gave him to kind of make it look like he had uh, taken a shit. Basically, taken a shit and was just eating it and smearing it all over his head and just yep. trying to make him look crazy. He's like, well, he goes, they were gonna they were Born gonna go moving like, the laurel. He like flexed his arm so that more blood would come out into the cup and just like sprayed it all over the walls and shit. Uh, because he was supposed to be moving to a, a Laurel prison, which is, I guess is a, a max security prison. Yeah. And uh, he knows they didn't have psych up there. So, them not having a psych ward up there, psychologists to take care of the crazy patients, they kept him where he was. Uh-huh. Uh, which kept him in line with his plan to escape. Exactly. What did you guys think of the ending of the movie? I was pissed. I mean... <laughs> Like for what reason were you? Because Willem Dafoe just fucking stuck his neck out for this kid. He was about to go on parole, yeah. and this kid's the one that gets away. I was waiting for an over-the-top moment. This kid, he went ahead and he planted that bar to try to prop open the. the... I was waiting for him to get crushed. I was so fucking ready for it, and then yeah. he didn't. Eh, sorry about the earthquake here. My battery's running low. So well, yeah, he proved himself. To a point to say dishonorable on that because it's true. Willem Dafoe, from the moment he pretty much met him, uh, pretty much helped him out in all kinds of ways that he knew he knew possible. Yeah, he knew he was a good kid. He was only in there for marijuana charges. Right. Yeah. And they uh, they decided to make an example out of him. You yeah. Know, like, well, if we let this kid off for, for these charges and what's, considering who yeah. he is, what's to keep us from having to let other people off uh, that yeah. are in, in worse situations? So basically that saying they so have to treat the rich like, yeah. the, like the poor. So let's make an example of this kid. Nowadays, they wouldn't care. You uh, remember... You remember the kid that raped the girl that was passed out behind the behind the dumpster? Brock Turner. Brock Turner. We are no. not going to forget his name. Fuck that guy. May he die a slow and agonizing death. Big facts. Ah. Uh, he only served fucking three months out of the six months that he was. Exactly, and given. and they exactly did it because he comes from a good family and he and will he be had a potential in jail. and it could stain his future. Yeah, but everybody how about everybody else who has potential and could stain their future? Exactly. This girl has to live with that trauma for the rest of her life knowing that her fucking rapist is still walking the goddamn streets cuz the fucking justice system is flawed and biased. Big facts. Oh my god. Ha. Yeah. So, in real life, that Edward Furlong character would have walked and nobody would have cared, and they occasionally do that thing when when it's when it's coming up on like a a re-election year. They'll they'll say we're going to make an example out of this kid just to show people that we're treating the wealthy just like we treat the poor. Exactly. You know? uh, but they don't do it often. And Usually, then... they can buy their way out of trouble. The only reason this kid didn't buy his way out of trouble is because daddy was not there 
yeah. when he got sentenced. Yeah, Daddy pretty much turned his back on him. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Daddy was played by John Hurd. John Hurd, yeah. yeah. Uh, so getting back to the the ending of the movie when he when he escaped for Edward Furlong, uh, he escapes in the the truck. Uh-huh. I was waiting for something. Like I saw the train passing by. And the first thought in my head was, this guy, guy's got a tentative hold on life right now. He's got this compactor that if it, it, the only thing keeping him from being crushed, splat on the wall, is the fact that he's got a, a weight bar just propping everything open. The first thought in my head was, they're going to hit those train tracks and it's going to bend the bar and just and the, and that jarring goes. that will bend the bar and he's done. Yeah. And there he goes. And they took the pleasant way out. I'm like, okay, well... <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I was ready I for was, him to start screaming and fucking just... But no! It would have made that that parting line at the end of the movie even even more precious. Yeah. <laughs> better to better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. That is true. And, like I said, we're a spoilers-based podcast, so I just gave away the fucking ending to the movie. <laughs> You're uh, welcome. If you don't Take like that. it, if you've never seen the movie, well, then... Uh, you didn't listen to the beginning when we warned you. You're 12 minutes in and you're screwed. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you still, it's still very interesting what happened in between what we just said and the ending of the movie. Uh, oh, there's plenty of stuff. Plenty of stuff. The minor character trying to rape the kid and all that. And oh, yeah, near the beginning of the movie, so they they were trying to trick this kid into into basically a situation where they could have gang raped him. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, they said, what, what was the fella's name? Was it uh, Psycho, Psycho Mike? Psycho Mike said, oh, this guy's be saying that you're a snitch. You have to confront him and fight him. Yeah, I have to work it out with him. Yeah, talk to him about it. Come confront him. You know, meet me over near this cell at this time. Uh-huh. Willem Dafoe immediately steps in and goes, yeah, no, don't do that. They're not trying to, they're not trying to do none of that. They're trying to lure you over there because there's only one guard. They're going to drag you trying- off into the cell and rape you. <laughs> And give him love. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I. Uh, I think Edward Furlong's acting in this movie, not quite as good as Judgment Day. No. But far better than that. I don't know if you guys have seen Brain Scan. No. No. As bad movies go, like this is one that they haven't even really. I think they might have put it on DVD a while back, but it was. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. And it's just, it's because it's a virtual reality based kind of movie. And, yeah. and just, when you look at what virtual reality is now and what they thought it was going to be via that movie, it was just, it was in that Lawnmower Man era. Yes. Oh my God. Stuff. <laughs> bad Max Headroom kind of stuff. Uh, the acting in Judgment Day was good. Yeah. But for some reason, he just started getting all these shitty movies. He was a kid. I don't think that he uh, he thought too much about the longevity of his career. He was just he knew that people were throwing movie roles at him, and he wasn't going to say no. And Did unfortunately, you, you get bad roles, it taints your career, and then you get down on yourself, and that taints your career even further, and then you get into that downward spiral. And this coming from a man that knows nothing about actually being an actor, so... Uh, again, well, uh, just me a, expressing my opinion. As a man that know uh, little mistakes that lead to downward spirals, I understand. I'm on an upward spiral right now. I am too. You know, I've been on too many downward spirals. I'm starting to get my shit together. Gratefully, me too. Uh, but but 
It, it's sad because he wasn't a, he's not a bad actor at all. He's really not. But he got these roles of this shitty movies that... This one wasn't a bad movie at all. But no. for some reason, I'm not sure why... They should have made him do something more yeah. emotional. Like, man, cry, slap somebody and stop crying after you slap him. Some crazy stuff like, like that. He lost his temper a little bit with... Um, fucking, what's this guy? The guy that fucking tried to rape Tom him. Tom Arnold, the one yeah. he tried, yeah. to, yeah. tried Buck, to rape Buck, him. Buck that was a Buck particularly... Rowan. Yep, Buck Rowan was he, a character. He kind of like lost his shit a little bit with this guy and then with the um, attorneys who were trying to charge him for another five years. Yep. And it just... It didn't but feel like enough. Like It, he was, it didn't he feel is, like... But not pissed enough. It didn't feel like somebody in jail that is about to get five years onto their yeah. sentences. Especially a kid who wasn't thinking the day before he landed in jail that he was going to end up there. Right. And, you know, I honestly thought that whole scene with, with Buck Rowan there, uh, Tom Arnold. Because uh, he wasn't even worried about any of that until he got sentenced, really. I thought something bad was going to go down with the teacher, not that guy. Like, I thought, like, the teacher was going to be... Because they were talking about the teacher kind of yeah. maybe being a little bit on the... Yeah, you know... On, on the gay side. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I thought something bad was going to go down with him when he was like, Yeah, come meet me over here at uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday. We're going to have some kids come down here. That may or not have been the truth. He didn't talk to anybody else in that class. Yeah. But, uh... No, got cornered in the bathroom, uh, bent over the sink by uh, good old Tom Arnold, looking like a big old buff redneck with mutton chops. Oh, and... God. It's just yeah. His whole energy. <laughs> just, yeah, Tom Arnold. I guess since what we know about Tom Arnold is, is, is not somebody that I care to... To see much of. Look, I am not a big fan of Tom Arnold. I have one movie solidly, and it was a movie that every a lot of people hated that I loved. Uh, the Stupids. Oh, <laughs> the Stupids. And yes. literally, it was about a family, a bunch of people in a family that were just absolutely dumb as shit. Well, they like, were. They were the Stupids. It was an entire family of uh, Mr. Magoo's. Mm-hmm. Just. Dumb people getting into dumb situations and managing to get out of them, not because they knew what they were doing, because they stupid they, they just stupid their stupid. way out yeah, of the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all on sheer stupidity. They lived, they 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 lived and came in and out of trouble on stupidity. Uh, you know, kind of how they made see everybody seem in the uh, the Brady Bunch movie. Like all of them were just kind of naive, a little stupid. Yeah. And they kind of stumbled in and out of situations, just being that naive the entire time. Yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, no, all in all, I absolutely loved this movie. It was not something I was disappointed in watching. Yeah, no, I was uh, not disappointed. We should probably, if we do a month of, say, family movies, include yeah. that in the in the, in the in the whole thing that month. The Stupids? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I thought you were talking about Animal Factory. I'm like, family oh, movies. We, uh, we, we already watched it. <laughs> I mean, I get that Tom Arnold was trying to have a family with Edward Furlong's butt during that <laughs> he scene. Was, he, was he was trying to be familiar. He was trying to get familiar. Let me introduce you to my children. No! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you want to meet my kids? <laughs> okay, sorry. My favorite line, one of, one of my favorite lines during that movie was the I think I, I think he was trying more to introduce his children to him. <laughs> uh, Mickey Rourke? Yeah. Uh, 
as Jan, the actress, they were they were having a conversation between her her and yeah. Edward Furlong. And uh Decker is the character. They get to the end Yes, uh Ron Decker. Yes. Get to the very end of the conversation and he goes, Now come down here and eat my pussy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, you wish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think uh, Edward Furlong's response to that was really in place with the tone there, but yeah. I think just hearing Mickey Rourke say something like that, and again, first time I've ever seen Mickey Rourke in a push-up bra. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think I've great. ever seen him dressed up like that. This, has he ever has he done anything that we know of that where he dressed up like that? No, I don't no. think so. He played a sassy old bitch in this movie. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, he played <laughs> he played a very sassy, experienced bitch who knows a lot of stories. And then there was that one scene, uh, I think this was near the end of the movie too, when he was first brought, uh, maybe brought up for uh, trial again or appeal or something. But he's having a conversation with, with Jan again. And like they pull him out and Jan's still talking as he's walking out and the second the door closes, the conversation's over and he's like, you didn't even talk to me when you left. Just kind of looking down at his feet like, okay, I was talking. You can leave. That's fine. Yeah, but I, I think I love Mickey Rourke this entire oh, movie. Yeah. Fantastic Absolutely. role. Yeah, for him. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I was unexpected. That was unexpected and a pleasant surprise. Because I don't remember when I was reading about the movie before watching it. I don't remember even. It probably was there, but I overlooked it. Seeing that Mickey Rourke was in it <laughs> as somebody named Jan, because probably that would have, I would have imagined. Oh, I, I had to try to place him at first. It's like. When he first came on, I was like, okay, this guy looks familiar. And then I heard the lisp, that Mickey Rourke lisp. I'm like, okay, I know who this is now. Yep. <laughs> and, I mean, he had the guns and everything, you know. He looked like he was, uh, he went fresh uh, fresh into drag right out of that uh, Iron Man movie. That's what he looked like he did. Like, yeah. with all the buffness from that movie. That was around that time, yeah, because he was still pretty muscular there. Mm. <laughs> I think it might have been around that time. When was that? Um, 2000. Was that Iron Man uh, 2 or was that Iron Man 3? Let's check. Hmm. Well, we can go Do ahead and thing. check our facts. That's a wonderful thing about Google and our phones and all that. The Google. But, uh, I know it had to. It's well before he did The Wrestler. But uh, maybe in around the time that he did Iron Man. Was it Iron Man that he, that he was in? Or no, it was a Captain America. It wasn't Iron Man. It was the... Uh, it was Captain America, wasn't it? No, he was in Iron Man. No, was that, it was? I think it's Iron Man 2 or 3. Iron Man 2? Iron Man 2. He was the Iron Russian scientist. Iron Man 2, scientist. 2010. 2010. Oh, no. So oh, no. That, that was that was, that was 10 before. years afterwards. He played Ivan. But he did well. something. He did something when he was a boxer. Not uh, in a, in yes he, it, he my, I stand corrected because it wasn't around that time. Then. This is before whatever fucking lip surgery he got. That before he got the Botox? They gave him the permanent duck lips. What, before he got the Botox? Makes what? him look like every girl on Instagram ever. One of girl, what, on, what on earth possessed him to get some lips injection? I, I don't know. know. Ask him. Ask Meg Ryan. Maybe they got a two-for-one deal. <laughs> right. She right? does. She does get those, huh? I didn't understand. Meg Ryan, her looks weren't going downhill or anything. One of the most beautiful women in the world. Even as she aged. And, and just, all of a sudden, she just... Yeah, well, beauty standards and the media and Hollywood and all that bullshit make you feel like you're absolute fucking trash. So, 
every woman... Like, Which is why I say I don't understand. Everyone don't. gets fucking judged for the way they look, and they always feel like they have to improve or something, like... Especially out yeah. in Hollywood. And you know what the funny thing is? I- I'll tell you. It's not public opinion. Yeah. It is literally just that small percentage. That just the circle. media that puts these people under the microscope. That's what's crazy. A lot of these people get these things done, and nobody likes it. Like, we loved you the way you were. What the fuck are you doing? And a month later, some of the star goes and does the same thing. Like, they don't read the people's opinions on these things. I think Meg Ryan actually <laughs> went and had the lip thing reversed, if I'm not mistaken. She went out and got that fixed. I haven't seen Meg Ryan in forever. Neither have I. I think she tainted her career with the, the duck lips. I don't think that... I knew the I knew that the bee sting thing was yeah. in... You know, I, I did get to see a, a, a dog lip picture, but I see I haven't seen her like acting in anything. In Angelina Jolie made a lot of girls jealous in a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. Angelina Jolie. Yeah, she's a she's a good looking girl, but half her face is lips. It's yeah, just those lips. I ain't got the. I I don't have a problem with those lips. She, she, mm-hmm. They fit her face. Yeah, they, fit her face. they look good on her. Meg Ryan, it didn't fit her face. The beast sting no. thing didn't fit her face. Yeah, a lot of people put in lips on that probably shouldn't. I think Dolly Parton did some crazy stuff like that to her face at some point. Dolly's done quite a few things, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But uh, we won't touch on Dolly here. We don't need to... I don't think that she's ever done anything that's made her look nuts in people's eyes, All right, to be so honest. that's Meg Ryan this year. Yeah, so the, the the mouth is definitely fixed a little bit, but you, I think she got a little bit of a facelift. She's still got something there. There's yeah, something, yeah there's, there's still fillers there. There's something in there. She got cushioning. Right. <laughs> she got face cushions. <laughs> You're putting her next to Billy Crystal, too. Like, Billy Crystal has aged gracefully. He has. And he, uh, Even with his little overweight, he looks, he looks good. And Billy Crystal is old. And she just looks like she went out and spent half her paycheck on. Let's get a little bit more work, a little bit more work. On cushioning and, and probably always getting a little bit more work done. <sighs> Miss Ryan, you were a beautiful lady. I don't know what you did. I don't know why you did it. Yeah. Stop. The queen of romantic comedies. Facts. Do, do, they have re- <laughs> do they have rehab for plastic surgery? Like people that like, have to go through detox for plastic surgery or people something? People that I addicted I to getting work done? They <laughs> Well, they should. Detox for Botox? <laughs> Detox for Botox. Botox like Anonymous. Yeah, plastic surgery addicts are do- anonymous. Some crazy stuff like that because some people won't stop. Yeah, it's it becomes an addiction. Like yeah. that Barbie girl. Little Kim. Right. Oh, God. Oh, it's so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. Any of you ever saw Little Kim before all that? Yeah. She was a beautiful woman. I'm not I sure. I listened to Little Kim way back when. Back uh, when she. Yeah, but I'm not sure what the hell happened. In she the, was the Moulin Rouge phase. Yeah. You know, somebody's probably. Shit. Somebody uh, that was close to her, probably managing her career, sat somebody, down and said, "You know what? Missed, You're going to need to do Diane. this to be able to take be taken seriously." Because most of the, mostly it's those people that are. Giving you the roles or giving you your work in music or doing this or doing that. The ones that run your career that are telling you, you need to do this to keep yourself straight in the public eye. And so it's not, it may not even be the media that's influencing to do these things to, to, to friggin' just, starve just, themselves it just, to death. Yeah, it's just those people close to her that probably 
are getting a percentage of whatever they're paying the plastic surgeon. Who the hell knows? There's so much crazy stuff and in, in behind in, in backstabbing going on in those circles. To, who knows? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the idea of age scares the crap out of actresses and models and singers and all sorts of stuff. So, I don't know why, but for some reason at this age, I'm happy about the idea of age. Maybe they're just isolated without decent people around them to say, you're good as you are, cut the shit. I guess I expect it to be way worse at this age. <laughs> cut the shit that now it I doesn't scare me. Send you to the local facility. We can tie you down and take your uh, plastic surgeon's card away along with your credit cards <laughs> and that uh, vial of Botox you get hidden under the desk. Just <laughs> cut the shit, lady. Yeah. Cut the shit, sir. There's a lot of guys that are doing it now, too. You don't I see it as much know. in guys, but... I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple. Um, well, I know Calvin Klein did something. Um, Carl Lagerfeld? Yeah, I have no idea. Some designer, <laughs> some designer dudes. I saw them do a couple of actors that I can't really remember. Nobody I care about. Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried, yeah, that was <laughs> ugly. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's let's okay, let's be honest here. You know, one of those guys they had to get reconstructive surgery after the tiger attacked. Well, yeah. You know. Now just imagine walking in jail with that on your lips. Uh, Being that we're talking about animal factory. No, I could I, I could say that uh, if you if you plan on getting Botox, those bee stung lips done, uh, that you want to stay out of jail. You want to do everything humanly possible not to land in jail because the last thing you want to do is get yourself sent to prison with dick sucking lips. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying you really you really don't want that. <laughs> no, don't just nah. don't do it. Because he, you want to be pulled into a cell real quick. Hey. I've been here for 18 years. Guess what? You're my new girlfriend. Come over here. We've no, made arrangements. Oh, he wasn't ready. I, saw, yeah. <laughs> I bought you for three packs of cigarettes. Yeah. I, yep. just, I just paid three packs of cigarettes for you. I'm planning to get every one last of them out of you. <laughs> got, got, got you and a clean pair of sheets, which won't be clean for long, honey. Come here. <laughs> what? What are you doing? There will be knee pads. <laughs> didn't he? Didn't oh, he? No. Uh, there will be knee pads. Didn't Tom Arnold call Edward Furlong pretty? I yes. think so. He did. You're real pretty. <laughs> I yeah. like you. Um, Starting to feel and, like that scene from Deliverance for a minute. So, and, so and so did Jan. <laughs> Jan told him, you better get a weapon and defend yourself. A pretty little thing like you in here. Hey there, boy. You got a pretty mouth. Yeah. No? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They said that to Ned Beatty, and uh, Edward Furlong is far prettier than Ned Beatty is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was a great movie. I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed how real they kept it. They didn't blow anything really out of proportion. Yeah. For the most part, from what I saw, uh, what I think, and what I've heard, it's usually how it happens in prison. Um, Edward Furlong could have done a little better acting. They should have wrote a couple of, like, when he lost his temper, they could have made that more dramatic, even if only for entertainment purposes. I think there were a couple of young actors at the time they might have been able to slide into that role. Yeah. Edward just, I don't know what was going on in his career at that time, and I may want to go ahead and look that up, but... Uh, I don't feel like he was bringing any real charisma to the role. I'm going to give you somebody that would have done that job just to get out of the Home Alone oh, pigeonhole. Oh, Macaulay Culkin. Yes. He would have... 
he would have done some good acting on that movie. You want to talk to, so about somebody that got some bad work on his face? Yeah. He uh he looks like a a blonde carrot top. Yeah. And carrot top kind of looks like a cat lady. But I haven't I haven't seen him in a while, but uh, I've seen a couple of things that he's done as a grown up where he, the acting was pretty good. You know, we're talking over you here. You're oh yeah, no, I'm in. chilling. I'm fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. You're relaxing over here. We just yeah. Don't, I don't want to leave you out, Miss B. No, we're good. I got this. <laughs> um, so yeah, voice your opinion. Come on, I roll on through with something. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I thought it was pretty good. I like. I don't have a strong opinion about it. Just it was it was a little like slow for me for a lot of the movie. It was kind of flat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. I, like I said, that we were talking. It's a drama. Yeah. So that it wasn't like really an action film. It was definitely more on the drama side. So they were going for more just day to day life. I think the most action you really saw in the film, there were a couple of shivings here and there that kind of randomly happened. Then there was that one riot that they had in the middle of the movie. Yeah, like out uh, in the, um, the out yard. Out in the yard, yeah. yeah. Uh, where they were talking about improving prison conditions and this, that, and the other thing. And somehow it became a racial thing. Yeah, like one guy was like, oh, um, I'd go over there if most of them weren't black just because like, he doesn't want to be the fish... Out of the water. Out well, of the water, yeah. Yeah, well, he knows several people that he associates with, obviously. He, I He's believe he associated with killed. folks from uh, the, the Aryan Brotherhood, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Uh, he could have gotten himself killed for, for going over there. Yeah. Crossing that line. And then dude gets fucked up because he tries to go get his uh, work card stamped. Right. And I, I completely understood why Willem Dafoe was like, we're not going to retaliate over that, because that guy, he may it may have been next day, but he should have just fucking waited. Yeah. Just wait. One thing I didn't think they kept it to real is that his little gang, his little group, they were, you know, mixed. They weren't all whites or all anything. There were some Latinos in his little group. Danny Trejo. Yeah. Danny Trejo uh, and a couple well, of other guys. I don't think that, I mean, I don't think he was a Nazi of any sort. No. But there was a guy that told him, yeah, he is a good white brother. So we really don't know what, you know, they were very ambiguous in that. And in jail, there's no ambiguity about these things. There's no vague uh, about, you know. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I watched a lot of skinheads in prison movies this month. And it's like they're always ambiguous about calling them out for that in the movie. Yeah, it's like but, we don't want to touch on this because we don't want to like we don't want to make this romper stomper or American exactly. History X. We're we're looking to kind of give you the impression that he might be that way, but not quite. Maybe reformed in a way. Well, the way I see it, uh, at the beginning of the movie, I thought that why he was, yeah, because of the guy, the shop guy that said, "Oh, he worked for me at the wood shop," and then, "Oh, is he abroad?" And no, he's a good white brother. I'm like, okay, here we go. Right. Yeah. And I was expecting American History X for a minute until, you know, then I guess it's not. He's he's pretty much associating with everybody. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of good little stabs at, like, sort of... Ra- I don't want to, like, racial segregation in the prison. But not nothing that really stuck. Outside of that one riot, where, where it was definitely... There was a very, very... Harsh racial line just kind of drawn right there. Yeah. yeah. Only people crossing over wanting better treatment, apparently, were the black exactly. guys. And once there was enough of them over there, the white guys were like, we're not coming to your side because the only thing that's going to do is get our ass kicked. 
Exactly. You know. <clears throat> so it's not that they didn't want better conditions in prison. They didn't want to be part of that. It's just that, well, let's let's be honest here. It's like if I come over there, are you going to kick my ass? Were, yeah. More than likely. Yeah, I mean they're play they're playing the politics in in a way in a manner of speaking. Well, they proved it when the guy when the the uh, Latino guy tried to get through to to go and. Get yeah. his uh, card stamped, and they kicked the shit out of him near the back there. Yeah. yeah. You know, behind a wall of people, so most of the folks up here, you know, most of the guards couldn't see what was going on. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, well. You know. You, yeah. You, you want to put yourself in danger? Go ahead and put yourself in danger. Be dumb. They, and, 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 and another scene towards the beginning, mm-hmm. that that part probably, I don't think it was too real, because they really would have just done it somewhere else and beat the shit out of the guy when he tried to take this guy's dope. The yeah, guy you... the guy supposedly had over $2,000 worth of drugs inside of prison. Right. And they just went to the yard and just tried to rough him up a little. They kind of made it seem like they were roughing up one of their own guys, too. It's like, you got to make it look like you're roughing me up, too, so it doesn't look like uh, and, you're and, singling this and guy And at no out. point it looked like that, neither. So... It, it didn't look like really that they were trying to rough this guy up. They just like you know push him, pulled him up, tug him around a little bit while you know before the guy started like getting getting hit. Quick shot to the gut. Yeah, before that it was just a little like any any idiot will see that this is not real. That part was kind of eh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there was the shower fight scene where Eddie got cut. Good old uh, mm. Ron Decker gets his face cut. Tried. I, I was well, he. Defoe got stabbed. Does it look like the guy tried to do it on purpose? I uh, he yeah. That's how they landed in the the segregation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the uh, Willem Defoe was like, Sh- "What the fuck?" Because this dude was singing really loudly and obnoxiously, mm-hmm. and he bent down, grabbed his shiv, and fucking started slicing everybody. Yeah, it looked yeah. like he had done that on purpose. Like he was he was focusing on Edward Furlong for some reason. Yeah. Uh, which they didn't really touch on. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of unanswered questions within the plot there. But other than that, I mean, the the big focus being getting from point A to point B, which is escaping the prison. And I would have liked to have maybe had some sort of closure on Edward Furlong escaping. You know, even if they did, did something like in the, post, in, yeah, in the post-credits <laughs> or something... Because, uh, I mean, his dad was supposed to be helping him disappear after yeah. this whole thing. It's like, well, what happened? He left the prison you know, with nothing but a, a one barbell. It's like, shit, you really needed two of those to be able to stay alive. Crap. No. <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did he make it to the... Did he make it to the... Uh, the, the dump. The dump and uh, make it alive. You know, did, he, did he escape? Yeah. Is he working with parrots now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've, uh, they've shipped him off to Bulgaria. I mean, it's... Uh, he'll be hiding Costa the remainder of his life. Costa Rica? Uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah, it was really uh, a downgrade from oh. being Giancana. Maybe his dad yeah. couldn't figure out Costa Rica. We'll, we'll ship Maybe. him to another country. We'll send him to Siberia, though. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Send him to Switzerland. To cool off. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you will cool off in Siberia for real. Well, that being said, we're going to go ahead and take a quick little break to, to let our sponsors speak for themselves, and we'll be right back to uh, get into the Pitch Fest portion of our podcast. Wee! you Doing a Geico commercial? Yeah! Wee! <laughs> <laughs> 
right, so welcome back, and thank you for listening to our sponsors. And before we go ahead and uh, sit down and do the pitch storm thing for the rest of the day, I'm going to go ahead and bring up a, a question of the day, so to speak. And now we do get a little bit, a little raunchy on occasions. Uh, we do we do like to get a little offensive, and hopefully this will uh, bring out the offensive sides of my uh, my two delinquent partners over here. Uh, I'm going to put a scenario up in your head. It's sort of a question, sort of a scenario. Say... You have gone to a public restroom. Huh. All right. In your case, uh, in your case, uh, Mr. Omar, it would be uh, say you're walking up to a urinal and you you are going to the urinal directly next to somebody else. In your case, it would be a stall directly next to somebody else. What could you say to make that person directly next to you as uncomfortable as humanly possible? Huh. <laughs> See, there you go. That's a fantastic question to bring up some really does grotesque this rash stuff. look okay to you? <laughs> Come over here. Check this rash out. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Excuse me. You need a hand there? <laughs> Can I help you out? <laughs> yeah. They're feeling lazy. Shake this for me. <laughs> <laughs> you look like uh, you're experiencing a little shrinkage there. Uh, need some help? <laughs> you know. It's a cold winter. Something you don't need to necessarily say. Now, this is this is for the men's room, the, the public urinal. You don't necessarily have to say anything. Just walk up to the guy, and instead of going, stand at the urinal for a minute, take care of your business, and if they're still standing there next to you, after a few seconds, just walk up behind them and start giving them a shoulder massage. <laughs> It'll be all right. It'll be all right. <laughs> uh, it, even offering a shoulder massage, would, would you like a, sh- a shoulder massage during, during I do these things? <laughs> I could give you a shoulder massage during... Does this used condom belong to you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's a lot of things you could say to make people uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. Save latex. Why are we all? Why are we? I heard they save. found a girl's head in the toilet there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I I heard I left a girl's head in the toilet there. Not they found. I heard yeah. I left the girl's head in the toilet there. <laughs> uh, what? Excuse me? I showed them the shoulder massage though is the best. Yeah. Nobody's around. Can I tickle your butthole? <laughs> we were just actually put that into context. We we, we read a story about the uh, butthole tickler from Texas that got arrested back in two thousand seventeen. We were gonna mention it at the head of the podcast, but uh, old story. Just so you know, everybody, uh, you're safe, the butthole tickler is in jail. I believe he's in jail. We didn't actually look for an update. You could actually a- out. Would you actually ask somebody that's peeing next to you? Have you in the next urinal or whatever? You know, it's always there's an unwritten rule among men of leaving a urinal in the middle either way. But you, you, it's not that far that you cannot talk to them. Have you ever had your butthole tickled while you're peeing? <laughs> hey, I noticed you're getting a little shaggy down there. I've got scissors. Want to trim? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> However, my favorite so far is a shoulder massage. <laughs> I mean, what do you do in that situation? One of two things happens in that situation. Either the person gets uncomfortable or the guy gets too into it. Just really just too into it. Just somebody, <laughs> don't stop. Somebody could punch your lights out of a shit like that, depending on where you say it and who you say it to. Right. Yeah, I'm not finding anything else on him. No? No. Mm-mm. Oh, walk up to a guy, say, uh, do you come here often? You want to? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That would be crazy. 
<laughs> you want? Does this <laughs> smell okay? Yeah. That smells pretty good, and I'm thirsty. Come here. Oh, okay, I may, I disgusted myself for a second. <laughs> uh, I need a breath mint just saying that. Yeah. Uh, My hands feel funny. Would you hold this for me while I pee? <laughs> <laughs> right. Is this supposed to tingle? <laughs> Is this urinal clothing optional? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Shaving a haircut. Is this supposed to tingle? You mind if I eat some wings right now? <laughs> Just right now. <laughs> I don't know. You want we, one? Reach one. Just grab one out of your underwear. Just <laughs> hand it to him. Got some wings. Hungry? <laughs> Mozzarella sticks. You gotta prep for that one too, though. Maybe bring some wet wipes for afterwards. Just. Pull one of those like it's a hot plastic wing. That'll containers burn down there, yeah. of marinara sauce out of your back pocket. <laughs> Want some mozzarella sticks? Well, for a guy, you just need you don't need have to have it in the back pocket. There's a flap in the front of yeah, the underwear. Yeah, there you go. The, the flap in the front of the underwear just keep it warm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> Place it in that compartment. Just heating the sauce up. I left it there all day. You hungry? <laughs> you know. Yeah, that is crazy. Now back to the movie. Uh, right? We're not going back to the movie. We're doing pitch storm. We we talked about the movie a little bit. Back to the game. Back, back to, the to the game. Back to the game. We uh, so we got our pitch storm game here that we like to like to end our podcast with. And yes, we are missing Mister Zeph again, who has uh, acquired a job as a waiter. Uh, so, you're out there waiting tables or watching us while you're on the train or taking a ride there, Mr. Zeph. We miss you. you got to stop missing podcasts because we can't do the bonus all the time. Uh, we He could he could fix his aim so he can stop missing him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here, go ahead and draw. You draw two cards off of that deck. You can draw two cards out of that deck. We'll get the, the plot and the... Looking right. for those red cards, aren't yep. you? Yep. Got to get as raunchy as humanly possible. And I'm just going to go <laughs> here and I'm going to just drag two random cards out for the heck of it. I'm just going to look at the sky and just grab I two. got two for the notes. Yep. We tried to do this beforehand the last time so it wasn't as much dead air, but there's plenty of just chatter going on here so we can fill in the space. Definitely. All right, so I'm going to put that down. We'll grab one here. I'll grab that one. And we'll grab one here. And I'm going to read this out this time. A country singer determined to make it big in Nashville on a quest to seduce the Pope. Honestly, we're making this for late night TV. We just want this movie to put people to sleep. <laughs> yep. So, this sounds like a porn movie, first of all. We're gonna, we, we got a Nashville singer trying to make it big in Nashville who's decided to go on a quest to seduce the Pope, of all things. Gay porn. Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so it has to be a male Nashville singer? We're Okay, we'll go that way. Matthew McConaughey is a Nashville singer. All right. Have we heard does he have any singing chops I have whatsoever? No idea. I have no idea. Could but we just it take just, like, like a the whole thing just sounds like him. Okay, yeah. and so he's going on a quest to seduce the Pope. So I'm assuming yep. that Pope's coming stateside. Okay, yeah. Or I mean I I, I, I can mean, he could he be going to, to the Vatican. Maybe. I don't know that they like. I don't know that they like country that much in Italy, but yeah. 
Not only is a Nashville he a Nashville singer, but he's put, he's uh, put himself out there as a good Catholic boy, born and raised. Put himself out there as one doesn't necessarily mean he is one because he's going to try to seduce the Pope. Who's the Pope? <laughs> hmm. Who do we have as? A... I like Ben Kingsley. I am McKeon. It's, there you go. He's the Pope. I like him. I like good old yes. Gandalf. Yes, I like Anthony. Absolutely. <laughs> I like Anthony Hopkins as the Pope. Oh. Anthony, ooh, yeah. Anthony Hopkins. I, okay, I can see Anthony Hopkins. I got, Absolutely. We'll, we'll go with Anthony Hopkins as the Pope. Poor uh, Sorvino. <laughs> if he uh, likes him chubby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make... We'll, we'll do, go with uh, Anthony <laughs> Hopkins. I, I don't know about Paul Sorvino. Uh, as Matthew a Pope? McConaughey walks up to the Pope. I heard you like little boys. How about a big boy? Right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Alright, alright, alright. I'll lay down some country licks and then you can lay down some country licks. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Let's match uh, country licks. Uh, alright, so. Who's, uh. We're trying to put people to sleep with this movie. I can't, I don't even know where to go with this. This is a, a Nashville singer going to the Vatican just to, to seduce the Pope. Seduce 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 the pope. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fall asleep during this. No, I would. Right. I want to see what happens. <laughs> okay. So the, if we're going to make people fall asleep during this, this has to be a dramatic movie. No comedy whatsoever in this movie, as funny as the situation sounds. We're going to make this as dramatic as humanly possible. And there's, listen, there's no Which, way to make it to make it unfunny when a, when a try, an aspiring country singer is trying to seduce the Pope. No, 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 no. You go Brokeback Mountain dramatic with it. Seriously, just make it Brokeback Mountain dramatic, which unto itself might make it comedic. Yeah. Probably, probably, probably that kid was molested during seminar school by that, by by that pope who was probably an archbishop at that time, a cardinal, some some kind of shit like that. So, and and he stayed in love and could never forget him. <laughs> oh wow! Let's call all it. That, let's call it heartbreak songs and secret love bullshit that he sings about is about the pope. Right, and this and the name and of the movie could be called Afternoons in Matthew. So he's like, oh my god, <laughs> Afternoons in Matthew. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Okay, we're we're we're. Ooh, okay, we're to go there. We all grossed out. <laughs> We're done with that again. Right, so you, you gotta you gotta go and you gotta make this equal parts like walk the line and equal parts broke back mountain. You see, with this, very oh very God. heavy Catholic overtones. I must say, this is the part where that, where I miss Zeph. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, Zeph would have a lot to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> hey Zeph, if you're watching, if you watch this video, put all your comments in the uh, the. About that movie. comment section below because that's just I want to hear what you have to say. About <laughs> Afternoons this. in Matthew. Afternoons in Matthew. That's, <laughs> right. that's the name of the movie. <laughs> I'm just I'm just picturing picturing Anthony Hopkins coming up behind Matthew McConaughey McConaughey and nothing but his underwear and Matthew McConaughey going, All right, all right, all right, you know. Just, oh my god. <laughs> I thought I never had this happen again. No. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully he was won't probably, do that line in the movie. It was like a Brokeback story type. How long were they like the whole love story of Brokeback? Like forever. Years. They were like friends or for years. and Friends? 
They were. <laughs> they were. They, were they, they started out friends and got yeah. stuck on the mountain one day and realized there was something more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can never unsee the tent scene. <laughs> Many things not more. That I, yeah, not that I don't like Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal, just uh, wasn't prepared for that at all. I knew what the movie was about, and then it got rough <laughs> real quick, and I was like, well, uh, first of all, a little uncomfortable. Second of all, both of my kids are in the room watching this with me. Even more uncomfortable. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, no! Ren and Alex in the room at the same time. I'm watching oh, this movie, and I'm like... And they were younger then. So it was just sort of... What else were you saying to yourself? That was about it. Uh, my, <laughs> my kids are in the room with me. It's like, I got nothing against what's going on. It's just... Uh, <laughs> it, it took me off guard real quick. Just, whoo. Yeah, no... Then. I think the the one part of that movie that gave me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies was the part when they kissed and the, the guy the guy's wife was watching saw them kissing. Right. You remember that part? Like they went behind back or whatever, and they were like talking, and all of a sudden it became like a very passionate argument right. that ended in a kiss, like a very passionate kiss. And the wife of the guy saw it. That part was like, oh my god. Yeah. All the more power to Heath Ledger and, and Jake Gyllenhaal. They sold that movie. I don't think anybody else would have done it quite as good as they did. Well, uh, that being said... All other actors that could have made that movie that are straight, they tongue kiss so you don't have to. That uh, being said, we're watching Matthew McConaughey go find Anthony and kiss him. Do it! Uh, yeah. I think I've got. I've had enough about this movie. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's go move on. <laughs> so, <laughs> Afternoons in Mac. Before we start saying some stuff that uh, we can't return from. Uh, what do we got? Where's your other note card here? Here. You got the other note card. Second. This one will remind you of a movie that we've all seen. Okay. Hold on a minute. We got a theme going on here. I, we picked these cards in ra at random, right? Yeah. Okay. Just listen. A priest suffering a crisis of faith <laughs> <laughs> falls in love with a dangerous bad boy. It's the same movie. <laughs> It's it's no that's that's the prequel, right? That's the prequel. That's 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 the first. So we just we just had the sequel there. That movie right there, where where the Nashville singer goes and, and finds the Pope. That is the that's the movie. This is the prequel to that movie. Yeah. Oh my God. So we need to find a young character to play a young Matthew McConaughey. Edward Furlong. And <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> He's not so young anymore. Uh, uh, he look young. Uh, what if the main character was slowly turning into an insect? That's why they messed it up. Because we could have definitely called it Mornings in Edward. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about that. Sunday uh, Mornings in Edward. It can't quite be a sequel if he's turning into an insect. Maybe, maybe, maybe he has like he has a drug problem and he's like... Uh, he keeps picturing himself. The, the crocodile... Shit. Well, I guess right. she loves that, like, me. Gives you the fucking, the, I like, guess she loves skin. me. Right? Look at her. <laughs> and we are at Visitations by Sugar Dog, who's uh, now sitting in Mr. Omar's lap, uh, trying to make out with him. Sorry, trying to reenact the Anthony me. Hopkins scene here with my dog. <laughs> trying to seduce me. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sometimes. I tend so, to attract bitches. That's not Mrs. Robinson. Uh, Goodbye, Mrs. Okay, so who do we have for the young Matthew McConaughey? I would say, what was that guy's name? The, the guy from uh, Stranger Things. Which mm. one? Uh, Steve. The guy who plays Steve. 
I think he would be perfect. And, and is uh, Joe Keery. And now we have to find a young priest, a young guy, that, uh, not quite as young, maybe at, at, considering how old Anthony Hopkins is. Maybe like middle-aged priest guy. Keanu Reeves! Yeah, oh my god. We, didn't we just have a movie? We, we just I pitched we a did. movie with him being ga- a, a gay did. hibachi. Oh my god, that's right. Okay, never mind. Uh, we forgot about that. We're, we're putting we're putting Keanu Reeves into too many gay Keanu roles Reeves here. goes in everything. <laughs> Keanu, we love you. A little too much. A little too much. <laughs> hmm. If I find you next to the urinal, uh, never mind. You get a massage. <laughs> <laughs> Give your shoulder massage. Not in a gay way. As, hmm. as heterosexual a massage as that could be. Who do we want? For the- Let's see. So it's got to be sort of a middle-aged guy. Maybe like a... Oh, what is that? What is that gentleman's name? The guy from uh, Arrested Development? Hmm. He kind of looks like he could be a, a young Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> well, no, because you got you got a, like an almost uh, aristocratic look to him. So it's got to be somebody. Russell Crowe. There okay. you go. Russell Crowe as the young, the young version of Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. The the priest who falls in love with the bad boy. You looked at my phone. And said Russell Crowe. He's not even on my phone. No, he's not on the phone. Like I was looking <laughs> I'm lo- at I'm your like, phone. I'm like, looking for him. I'm like, where do you see Russell Crowe? <laughs> Nowhere. The name just came into my head as I was looking at your phone. (laughs) What did you have there? The Arrested Development cast. Oh. Oh. I was thinking about him, Will Arnett. There you go. We already did him as a priest. We did him. Oh, yeah, we did. We we had him as a priest in (laughs) another movie against uh, J-Lo. Yeah. But he played, like, the older version of the priest as opposed to the younger version of the priest. Or what what about him? Uh, The guy next to him. Him right there. David Cross. David Cross. Yes. Yeah, David Cross is a young Anthony Hopkins uh, falling in love with the bad boy. Who happens to be pretty young. Pretty young. Like a teenager. Well, yeah, because you, you've seen how old Matt, Anthony Hopkins is now and how old Matthew McConaughey okay, is. So <laughs> who do we get uh, to play the young kid? What we're just talking about. Uh, Joe Keery? Yeah, Joe Keery. Uh, the guy from... Uh, we're talking about the guy Steam from, from Stranger Things. Steam from Stranger Things. There you go. Yeah, you know? I think that will. Yeah, <laughs> that would work. Like a, yeah. it's still a slightly creepy relationship. Oh there, yeah, right? absolutely. Slightly, he said. Slightly. Oh, he said <laughs> slightly. But uh, David Cross. <laughs> Joe Curie and David Cross. That, like, but like I said, just this would be so comedically perfect if the movie was not treated with any comedic flair whatsoever. Yeah. You've got to make yeah. this as like they gotta dramatic be as, as possible. Dramatic. Turn that shit into a soap opera. Right, like make almost a, like soap opera dramatic. Yeah. Make, dramatic. It a, make it a docufilm with people giving testimonials about it. When I first noticed something was going on, <laughs> I was also an altar boy with him, and it's he like was a, walking funny. Oh my god. <laughs> He came out of the of the of, of father's office walking funny. His robes had weird stains. Walking like a cowboy <laughs> in chaps in an old thirties movie. Was walking funny, <laughs> and I could notice that we went uh, to my mother's house one day. He refused to have soup. This time he happened to just be a cowboy in chaps as an altar boy in the middle of the uh, church. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he was wearing chaps in the church. 
Now we know why he was wearing chaps in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. uh, now we get it. You know, though, if, you, if you're doing it like that, uh, is it David Geist? The, the guy that made, like, the, the Spinal Tap movie. Uh-huh. He made, they, he made uh, Best in Show, where they had, it's almost like a mockumentary, right? You can actually make these two parts of the same movie. Yeah. Like them explaining the past and this guy currently going to Nashville to seek down the guy that just became the Pope because he's still in love with him. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Anthony Hopkins just became the Pope. I never got over you. And then invites Matthew McConaughey over. Oh, Matthew McConaughey's not invited. Oh, He's okay. infiltrating the Vatican. <laughs> yeah. To, to find Anthony Hopkins. He's not invited. They have that Because he's like, a bad boy. He's breaking in. Fucking The Notebook. Right? And this movie has to be populated with cast that would be normal to these movies. Yeah. So, like, the, all the guys that would normally be in, like, the Spinal Tap movie. You know, you got uh, Catherine O'Hara, who's in uh, Best in Show, and uh, you got Eugene Levy, and just yeah. everybody treating this like a serious, like, docudrama. <laughs> you know? Like I said, you te- treat it with absolute seriousness, but it's so serious, it's funny as hell. Just... <laughs> <laughs> And it's all revolving around... It, basically, the docudrama is just... They're interviewing people from his past. And yeah, they're yeah. talking about things that were going on. And basically, it's revolving around him. Who he's hired this crew to follow him to the Vatican while he infiltrates it to, to tell this guy he's still in love with him. They're yeah, about to crown him as the Pope. So he's not the Pope yet. They're about to put that big old hat on him. Okay. We, we, we've lost interest in the pitch fest. And we're, <laughs> we're playing with the puppy now. She looked like she wanted to come over to me. She, he, she, you can't just bring a puppy in the room and not want to play with it. It's just... <laughs> it, it doesn't work. It's it's like she, and you saw she just jumped in my lap and just took over. Little doggo! Yeah, just gotta, you gotta close the gap a little bit there and make sure that... You wanna walk see, over? Come here, baby. Yeah, yeah that's if there's my any, If there's any space, if she sees any space between you and the it's, chair, it's like, I'm not going anywhere. You can forget about it. It's too big. But, uh, yeah, I got my uh, my dog, Sugar, here is uh, a rescue uh, from Tennessee. Uh, she was found on the road, uh, a median strip in the middle of the highway. Uh, when they rescued her, she was just, uh, she was a mess. She was emaciatingly thin, and uh, she was just a pup, I want to say, not more Squish. than a year. And we, we adopted her, and mm-hmm. she's been the, the focal point of my family for a while. Right there, Sugar? Constantly dealing with heartworm issues and all sorts of other stuff, but we put all that money into you out of love. Squish, yeah, squish, and uh, squishy puppy. Now Miss B is just squishing the puppy's fur. Squish, (laughs) smoosh. Uh, So we've kind of—I feel like we veered away from uh, the pitch storm thing for today. So let's kind of finish this out for the day with just kind of talking. Have you seen anything else? Any any good TV? Any decent movies? This past week, uh, past couple of weeks, really. Hmm. <laughs> Outside of the norm of what we normally watch, I watched too much. Like I, I rewatched the Monster Squad for the first time in a long oh, time. Wow. Uh, first of all, love the Monster Squad, but does not hold up. I've been knee deep into the second season of Mindhunter. Mindhunter. <laughs> Mindhunter. Anybody that hasn't watched the, 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 that show is on Netflix. Go check it. Right. My, my wife actually is a very big fan of Michael Douglas, so he has a book, Mindhunter. He, she, she's read all his books. Oh, wow. Absolutely loves him. It was based on one of his... Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a criminal profiler. He, it's, oh, okay. Uh, they had a, an older movie that they put out with him, uh, or about him, uh, Mindhunter, which starred... Uh, 
Oh, uh, gentleman from CSI. The, the lead guy. Okay, I know who you're talking about. I don't remember his name for uh, the life of me. Hang on. That's why we got I'm Google. pulling up the thing. See, we're not as I have the Google. But which one? CSI New York? CSI? CSI. The original CSI. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I don't remember his name. The guy that played Gil. Yeah, I don't uh, remember Gil Grissom. Uh, I can remember the name in there, but remembering the actor's name is a little bit beyond me for some reason I today. See, I And I know, I, like, I have it at the tip of my tongue. William Peterson. William, William Peterson. Peterson. So just, just in case you're wondering, just in case you're wondering, this experience, this podcast, is a learning experience for us as a group. Yeah. Uh, there, we realize there's a lot of things that we haven't seen in life, a lot of movies that we have not watched, things that we've purposefully avoided that we're now watching. Uh, <laughs> and, uh... Yeah. So we're learning a lot of things as we go along. This is a learning experience and a fucking journey and a half for a lot of us. And oh, I, yeah. I appreciate the, these these uh, guys and the gal here for, for taking this journey with me. And uh, Definitely. We've gone well past this being me leading a group and us just being a group of people together. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like I'm a lead anymore. And uh, I love that even more. Oh, yeah, you know? definitely. I watched Glass, finally. Glass. What I it, finally okay. watched it. Okay, so I liked it. But I was severely disappointed in the end. I wasn't. I felt like... Because you know that he, he mentioned that it was an origin story. Yeah. And I knew what he was meaning by the origin story. So I figured they were both going to bite it, at least. But that also... Fucking... The whole... It's an origin story thing. Fucking M. Night Shyamalan has a very bad tendency of just giving up through series. My feeling is this. Yeah. My it feeling pisses is... pisses me uh, off. Like, you don't know if he's actually going to continue the story or not. My feeling is uh, M. Night there, he needs to approach Netflix. Yeah. And he needs to lay out a proposition for a series or a con- that would continue the story where it left off. Because it really does. It feels like an origin story, but if they do not do another movie or an- at least some sort of like a mini-series on Netflix or something yeah. to kind of bank on that idea... Then that movie was a piece of shit, as far as exactly. I'm concerned. Exactly, like he he has a really bad tendency of giving you the idea that he's going to continue the story with more movies or something, and then just and we're sti- ever and, we're, again. And, and we're still waiting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what they they floated the idea that all of his movies take place in the same cinematic universe. Yeah. So I would like the idea of sort Ooh. of taking like a mini series and tying all this stuff that's been happening together. I'd like to see that whole like mix with like Lady in the Water cast fucking shit. That'd be cool. Ah, uh, the village. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, what was that movie? Uh, Signs. Yep. Aliens. Right. Signs was great. Just tying all of that stuff together into one cohesive series. I love Signs. Yeah. So that uh, movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Another movie he did, right? What was it? What was another flick that he did? Uh... Did he was he responsible for the happening? I think so. Yeah. The the Mark Wahlberg the happening was terrible. Flick. I believe so. I liked the idea. It was a good idea. The ta- they, the they they made the idea better with um, Bird Box. Right. I, I think they they severely dropped the ball, but I liked the idea of the movie. Ah. Uh, so a fantastic idea, just badly executed. Ah. Uh, I've watched a lot of movies this week. I watched Law Abiding Citizen for probably the third time in my lifetime. Uh, still not disappointed with the film. Uh, as far as Zeph is concerned, he believes that the shining point in that movie, the, the, the one actor that stands out in the entire movie, was uh, Gerard Butler uh, as the mm. grieving father that goes on a mission of revenge. And I feel that uh, Jamie Foxx is the 
really the the standout performer in that movie. Uh, yeah, Mick Fox is not a bad actor at all. He's no, a very good actor, very and good. and when you put him, he will stand out because he is. If you could tell that he lives it all in the character, I wasn't sure if he had directed Unbreakable, but he did. That was a Shyamalan movie. So I think that Jamie Foxx is the only person that came out of In Living Color that lives up to his chameleon tendencies. So there's a lot of actors that did, you know, you had you had uh, the Wayans. all the Wayans brothers. Yeah. You had Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, and when they left, they kind of stuck with one thing, like a theme. Yeah, kind of and the Jim- same the same style of acting, the same style characters that they pick. Jamie Foxx has done everything. Jamie Foxx has, like, such versatility. Everything from having, watching him in Ray, you know, he, he was fantastic as Ray Charles. Yeah, You was. know, he was fantastic as, uh, you know, as I keep bringing up Motherfucker Jones. Motherfucker yeah. Jones was the right. man. Motherfucker Jones. Uh, I don't think I've seen him in a role that I was disappointed in. No, no he's, he's, he's an amazing actor. Uh, have you ever? Have you guys seen this movie where he's a, a prodigy musician, the violinist? Yes. Right. Oh my god. With with Robert Downey. Yes. Junior. That was a fantastic movie. Incredible movie. Ah, uh, but like I said, I, I've never been disappointed in a role. Even that one role that everybody says was horrible, where he played the cab driver driving around uh, Tom Cruise. Okay. Uh huh. As the collateral. Yeah. Collateral. Collateral. Ah. Uh, that movie, as far as most people were concerned, just sucked ass. But I loved it for him. Yeah, like he did well, fantastic in that movie. Could have I think, I think, I think, I think he kind of he kind of saved the movie. I think Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise has a lot of stuff that he's done that's absolutely great. But Tom yeah. Cruise, no matter what movie you see him in, is always just Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. You don't see the character; you see him. Right. Which, if you're an actor, that's not good. You're more of a celebrity than an artist at this point. When, you know, it's like he can't differentiate himself between his personality and the role. So, yeah, that's one thing I, I yeah, it's true. So, did you see, for example, The Firm, and then you saw Jerry Maguire? Right. And it seemed like a continuation of the same character, really. <laughs> They're like, yeah, no. It, it was a lot of, a lot of over-the-top emotion, but... And neither of them were bad movies. No, great movies. The Firm was amazing. But like I said, you watch Over the Top and you watch, you know, Risky Business. You watch... A Few Good Men. You know, A Few Good Men. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise, no matter where Tom Cruise goes. <laughs> yep. He should just basically... All those characters should be just Tom Cruise. <laughs> Have you seen Tom Cruise? Is Tom Cruise in this movie yet? No. Yeah. Probably. Guess what? Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in this movie, just like Tom Cruise was Tom Cruise in that movie. Yeah, just Tom Cruise. Just Tom Cruise. <laughs> a man of many and, occupations. Hey, all, all the more power to him. He may be a one-trick pony, but he makes a shitload of money. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, can't be mad at that. And as long as they're willing to let him still make those uh, Mission Impossible movies, he'll never be out of a job. <laughs> the yeah, Mission that, Impossible that feels like it's never gonna end. The Mission Impossible <laughs> thing it feels to me like that's what the guy from Top Gun did after he re- he left the Air Force basically. Right. That's what it feels well, like. Like I always I can't help but in my mind related. To the There's a sequel to Top Gun coming out with Tom Cruise. Yep. Yeah. They're even I, trying to bring Val Kilmer back into it. That's Tom Cruise. No, uh, Val Kilmer. <laughs> good old Val, beautiful Val. He looks really rough right now. Yeah, oh, like wow. Mickey Rourke rough. Oh my god. Yeah, Val Ooh. Kilmer. Uh, 
I believe he's had some issues over the years, maybe some throat cancer. I, I, I think he had a bout with cancer. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, he's actually uh, he's going to be in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Nice. Uh, I can't fucking wait for that shit. Jay and Silent Bob, beautiful, beautiful boys, need to be used more often. Definitely. I, li- I like Kevin Smith's movies, don't get me wrong, uh, but I like Kevin Smith in movies better. Yeah. Definitely. You know, like I said, Jay and Silent Bob, they need to... I want to I wanna see that. I want to see Jay and Silent Bob meet Bill and Ted, or Jay and Silent Bob meet Wayne and Garth. Just find a way to make that happen. Make a, make a Rick and Morty movie. Jay oh and God. Silent Bob meet Rick and Morty? Yes. That would be chaos. Just put him in the put him in the put him in the cartoon. They're supposed yeah. to go for a few years. They could have some crossover specials. No, I promote mean, the movie through Rick and Morty. Exactly. You know? Yeah, there was actually a Make movie happen, that Kevin. came out that who will definitely be recommended to play Rick and Morty in a movie. Right? Who would who would play Rick and Morty in a movie? Well, I'd say I say I say Michael Morty Sarah. is Michael Sarah right there. Yeah, I mean Who's just that? Michael Sarah. The guy that looks like he uh, from Juno. He was in onto uh, a set and didn't know. I like the kids from the seventies. He was the lead actor from Scott Pilgrim. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Right. Just he has that quality. Yeah. Through and through. However, Rick. I could see Willem Dafoe as Rick. Willem Dafoe as Rick. Yeah. Definitely. I feel. I feel that uh, Christopher Lloyd is still around. Oh my God! Yes, Christopher Lloyd is perfect. Christopher Lloyd. Because you know that that Rick and Morty thing was basically based off the same ideas as Back yeah. to the Future. I like Christopher Walken too, because he's crazy enough to do it. Yeah. But what if we did Back to the Future as an acid trip? That's basically what Rick and Morty is. Just yeah, pretty much. Through and through. So, yeah, no, I mean, definitely get those two in that role. I don't know who, you, who you'd cast the rest of the family as, but whatever. You, you don't care, as long as you got Rick and Morty. The rest of the cast could be unknowns and we don't give a shit. <laughs> I like I like I like Christopher Christopher Walken. I like spacing out. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You were just staring at me for a minute, like yeah, no, I'm zoning out. I'm so you, tired. You weren't oh my even god. looking at me. I swear, I'm, you were I was looking, looking through at my the head. Wall behind you. <laughs> just you were looking uh, through my head. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Oh my god. Some kind of X-ray fucking vision going on there for a minute. I'm gonna have to check for brain cancer now. Oh she, my god. She got she got powers. <laughs> the radiation. Woo. Okay. Good, good thing I'm not pregnant. <laughs> oh jeez! Uh, right, you stay out of the men's urinal. Uh, Tom Arnold's coming up. Anyway, uh, that being said, I think uh, seeing as we're all sort of looking like we're about to pass out in our chairs, that it may be a good time to wrap this up for the day. So for uh, hell, not for the rest of the crew. You guys say goodbye. Au revoir. Have a good one, everybody. Got you next time. Right, and uh, yeah, keep an eye out for more. We'll we'll be here, and uh, I'm not keeping the lights on for you. We're not fucking Motel 6. We'll try to kidnap Seth from, for soon. Kidnap Seth? I'm going to kidnap him. I'm going to strap him to a chair. If he, I don't care. He has to stay here. He has to be here for one of these podcasts. He's, he's missed the last couple. Come on, Seth. Where are you? And Mr. Zeph. And we missed him. He gets a little ticked at me when I say Seth. It has to be <laughs> Zeph. This is what Zeph. we agreed on. Zeph, I like, spoke I his contract. You, I don't care if you call me Chris, the big kahuna, El Jefe, like the last time. <laughs> I'm good with it all. Uh-huh. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>